indictment still lingers in the minds of Americans. The Nashville school shooting and skyrocketing crime is also a stark reminder of the cultural rot of our nation. Evangelist Alveda King starts us off on this special Easter Sunday broadcast. And Alveda reminds us of King Rules number six, always fight tirelessly for justice. And in a shocking report on Afghanistan, National Security Council spokesman John Kirby rejected the notion the withdrawal was chaotic. He says, and I quote, for all the talk of chaos, I just didn't see it. Well, General Tom McInerney will explain how it was a surrender, not a withdrawal. And also in a riveting op-ed on the platform entitled The New American Bolshevik Elites, Professor Pedro Blas Gonzalez discusses the cultural rot of America and Trumpism's blue-collar working-class populism. It's time to pause, pray, and be grounded in principles, my fellow Americans. Viewpoint this Sunday is next. the bias, the lies and deceit, and bring forth real talk from real people about real news, providing the out loud truth and capturing the essence of a new generation all in a fast-paced hour. This is Viewpoint This Sunday. Welcome to the weekend news magazine, Viewpoint This Sunday. It is Malcolm Up out here. Well, the first thing I want to do at the top of the broadcast here is wish everybody a, a magnificent weekend, a happy Easter to all. And uh, it is a, uh, a moment of reflection, I think, for many of us as we step back. And, and, and I want to start the broadcast off a little different today. And, and let's bring on right now here, Evangelist uh, Alveda King joins me. Uh, Elvita is the founder of uh, Speak for Life, uh, fighting for the sanctity and dignity of all life, uh, as she says. And, and one of the most interesting um, uh, phrases you use all the time, Elvita, we are one blood and one human race, always has stuck with me that you point that out, whatever the moment is, the gravity of it and that we talk about. Welcome to Viewpoint on America Out Loud. Always uh, pleased and privileged to have you here. Malcolm, I am just so honored to share this moment with you, and uh, it's just through the years you have continued to support this voice, and I'm very grateful. Your voice is so important across the universe, so thank you for this beautiful opportunity, and happy Resurrection Day, happy Easter, God bless you. You have a calm, steady hand and a voice when the country is at the moment of need. And I think this is one of those times right here. Let me share with you. I just jotted this down just before coming on the mic with you. I I, I wrote down here, pause, pray, and principles. And what did I mean by that? Again, this is just from my heart, just this moment. Pause as a moment of reflection, get armed with truth. Pray, get grounded in the ultimate fight of good versus evil. Principles to fight forward, never give in to the enemy. And that was just, just came to me seconds ago. Speak about that, please, in the moment, the gravity of where our nation is. Pause, pray, and principles, please. It's amazing as you read that. I'm not going to sing the song. You know, I can burst into songs sometimes that I want. Onward, Christian 
soldier. So pause, pray, and consider and remember the principles that we stand for. That is very important. There's so much to distract us during this time, uh, all the big uh, political discussions and all of the atrocities of what my uncle, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. would have called man's inhumanity to man. Mm-hmm. And when I say man, men and women, God created us male and female. So when we pause, take a breath, take time, breathe. If you're in the midst right now, and I believe you're speaking to someone particularly, and if everything seems like it's falling in on you and you're about to raise it, just pause. Take a breath. Now, in the world, people will say count to ten. With me, I'll say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. <laughs> you know, whatever it takes, pause. Mm-hmm. And then pray. Center yourself. Remember that God is still here. That Jesus, for Christians, and I'm definitely a Christian, is still Lord. So pause, pray. And then reconsider those principles. So many principles now, as mm. you know, yeah. have been disregarded, thrown out the window. People don't even remember something as simple. The Bible says, be kind to one another, kindness, courtesy. Yeah. So if we can remember those principles, and then we must remember faith over fear. Fear not, love, repent, mm. and forgive. This is a good time <clears throat> to repent and forgive right here today at least. Okay, let's jump into a couple of news stories I would love your perspective on. And uh, this first one um, is uh, about Donald Trump. Uh, You know, you served very closely with uh, President Trump, number 45, in the administration. You you had a chance to really see it from the inside a little bit. Uh, Those were some amazing days as our country was uh, moving in a different direction than we are today. Uh, there was an interesting tweet from a, a mutual friend of ours, Elvita, uh, Dr. Carol Swain, who by chance was on Viewpoint last weekend. She was just in this point, you and I talking. She was here last weekend, coincidentally. And I seen a tweet that you retweeted of hers. And I, and I want to, and she says this, the arraignment of former President Donald Trump on trumped up charges is a sad day for our nation and for the rule of law. It troubles me as a black American that white progressives use anti-American black leaders to do their dirty work. Now, speaking of Alvin Bragg, the DA in Manhattan, who was uh, properly put there by George Soros, who has done this to many DAs across our country, which has resulted in skyrocketing crime and the rule of law is plummeting. I want to I want to get your your take on um, what happened here with Bragg and this first time historical moment in our nation, uh, the uh, continuing attacks on Donald Trump? You know, having me, myself, I was elected to office of state legislator twice, appointed by a chief president. So as an aging now, African-American woman, I'm 72, still vibrant, but prayerfully have more wisdom than I had in years ago. And so when I see my brothers and sisters go against every principle, everything that we as a people a nation within a nation, I'm speaking of black Americans, have fought for to stand for principles that are destructive and deadly to the human race, the human family, the African-American community. It's very disturbing. And we have discovered, and we can definitely understand that it's happening, why people from any community, not just the African-American community, would go against every principle, everything that we've been taught by our forefathers and our foremothers, and do it for political gain, for money, sometimes coercion. 
you know, people get threatened and they do things as well. So, but as always, Carol, Dr. Carol Swain, Carol, my thing is correct. Now, you know that I am friends with President Donald and his family. I'm close to them. I pray with them. I pray for them. Love them very much. I love President Trump years ago in the 70s and 80s. Didn't even know. Didn't even meet him in such a future. But uh, that's an up and coming trajectory. And uh, he's a family man. So people say, well, he was divorced. And look what he's accused of now. That man loves his family. And they love him. Hmm. And I was on prayer talk with him recently. And he's calling for prayer. He's on prayer talk with us, with prayer leaders. So I believe that uh, it is the Dr. Swain is right. Charges are trumped up. It's an atrocity. And it's gangster. You know, he, he's here at a very interesting time of our nation, Alveda. And uh, when we talk about the fight of good and evil, which I address up front in the talking points here, historically, there's something different about this moment. And I think you probably sense that, as I do, and probably most of our the listeners do, frankly. Um, what is your sense? And just give me a summary point of how does Donald Trump fit into this uh, moment of salvation we are in seeking for in our nation here? How does he fit into this fight? Well, throughout history, and that's Bible history or human history, we will see heroes rise, and all human heroes are imperfect. Everybody's imperfect. That's why today is so important to celebrate Easter, because we're all imperfect. And without Jesus, we didn't have a chance. So we have, for instance, a David who committed adultery. Uh, Samson, uh, who had a temper and all that kind of thing. Queen Esther was moved into a harem to deliver a nation. Rahab the harlot, the woman at the well. And you know, my testimony is something like that with the abortions and some things I did. And then I was seeing So, uh, Donald Trump has been raised up for such a time as he did. Imperfect, absolutely. But all humans are imperfect. And so this is a season when we need somebody who looks around. And I, I know this for a fact, just by conversation and observation. Uh, Trump had seemingly had everything, but he also had children and grandchildren. <laughs> so when he was accused of hating Jews and his son-in-law is a Jew, and his, that means his grandchildren have, have that heritage along with their mom. So he looked around and said, what does all this mean if I don't do something? for my children and grandchildren and those who come. Mm -hmm. And so if our leaders are not conscious enough and caring enough to establish a future for the generations to come, and I didn't mean to go here, but I'm going to go here. Transgender surgeons of minors, if you remove the reproductive body parts of babies and children, there will not, from those children, be children to come. So when we talk about generations to come, God will raise up people who really are busy doing something else, and he'll stop them and say no. He did, Jesus did that all by, on the way by Nick Demons. Nick Demons is up in the tree. Come down, I need to come to your house today. Hmm. So I ask everybody on Easter, if Jesus says, hey, I need to come to your house today, is he welcoming? Are you ready to arm um, up? We talk about Malcolm, the evil people weaponizing against truth. Why can't our mouths be weaponized with the full armor of God. Mm -hmm. Why can't our mouths not be weaponized with the truth of God in love, in compassion, not condemning, not judging, not hating, but equipping the generation to come to live. 
we can do that. We can actually do that. Amen. Amen to that. We see this horrific school shooting in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, we see crime skyrocketing all over the nation, Elvita, in ways that uh, it's it's ugly. I mean, it's it's in people even in areas that thought they were safe are no longer safe. Uh, it's it's really becoming a visual that is all too common and and very very concerning. Um, you, uh, I seen a message you you put out. Join me in praying for Nashville and our entire nation. Lord, bring hope, healing, and peace. Um, I, you know this comment of our kids. Are, we talk about future generations and the importance of this at the moment here. Um, talk about that, and and I also want to bring attention, Alvita, to a book you wrote, to King's Rule, King Rules. Ten Truths for You, Your Family, and Our Nation to Prosper. And I say that because King Rules Number 6, Always Fight Tirelessly for Justice. That was in my mind coming on with you today when we look at all the injustice that's happening in the world. Um, speak about that, uh, this this crime skyrocket and the national school shooting, where we're at as a nation and how we turn this tide. You know, as you speak, uh, different things flash through my mind. And I gave you the song, On With Twisted Soldiers. Now, I'm going to go all the way on the, another direction with a cartoon character. Superman used to stand for truth, justice, and the American way. And then to be seen, media better, change it, pervert, and make all that kind of weird, too. But standing up for truth, for justice, the American way, for everyone, from the womb to the tomb and beyond. Just the babies in the womb. That's the sick and the elderly, uh, even rich folks can have all the money in the world and be miserable. We know that. So people need kindness, tenderness, and compassion. We need the Lord. And some people, okay, so maybe I'm talking to somebody who's not a Christian, and that's fine. But in the Christian uh, life, everybody acknowledges, except atheists, that there is a God, mm -hmm. something bigger than he or she. So in the Christian life, Jesus becomes our Savior and our brother. That's what Easter is about today. Mm -hmm. So everybody's going to go to court before the big judge, whatever creator, God, whatever you name that. And when we get there, wouldn't it be wonderful for the judge to be our father? And that happens in Jesus Christ. So that's my presentation as an evangelist. Well, you know, well, you got to lose. But you have everything to gain. Amen. Amen. And so when we look at it that way, when we see it that way, mm -hmm. then we can go forward. Justice from the womb to the womb and beyond. And pro-life, I, I need to say this if I have just another second or two. Someone sent something across my feet. It's a picture of a little baby wrapped in a blanket in a little Easter basket, right? And it says, uh, so choice is a lie. Babies don't choose to die. Wow. So we have to look at life from the womb yeah. to the tomb and beyond. And we have an opportunity to do that and to love each other. Yeah, yeah well, you've made that your life's mission, uh, really, in protecting the womb and the importance of this. Uh, it, it, there's no greater fight, really, uh, when we talk about future generations, indeed. And finally, as we have just a few seconds left here, uh, April 4th, just this past week, marked the 55th anniversary of your uncle, the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., uh, and uh, again, um, you know, you've been at the front of fighting for everybody's rights, civil rights uh, across the board. And uh, you say the dream lives on. We're dealing with some real pressing moments at this time. What's the word to folks? Can the dream live on for all of us? The dream is alive in us. The dream comes from God. 
And I will end with this little snack of a song. When will we realize that we must give our lives for people need the Lord? I encourage us. Jesus gave his life for us. So because he rose again and he lives, we are alive. So let's share our love and our lives and our kindness with others with faith mouth over fear. Really happy Easter, everybody. That book, uh, by the way, friends, King Rules, 10 Truths for You, Your Family, and Our Nation to Prosper, is, uh, and I just want to mention, it's in the America Out Loud bookstore, and it is even on the front page of americaoutloud.com as you listen to this broadcast. Of course, it's on Amazon as well, but I just want to bring that up. It's such an important message in that book. I've read it. It's amazing. And uh, it's an important reflection at this moment. Alvita, thank you for your love, uh, your um, your passion to get the truth straight. And uh, you are an incredible blessing uh, to this nation. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. Happy Easter. Okay, happy Easter. Evangelist Alvita King. Take a quick pause, friends. Up next, Lieutenant General Tom McInerney joins us on the Afghanistan pullout and the report there. Stay right there. More Viewpoint in just a moment. The America Out Loud talk radio app is on Android or Apple. It's the perfect way to listen in to the new generation of talk shows and hosts who are ready to inform and inspire. Are you worried about spike proteins and how they may impact your health? Are you looking for help? The Wellness Company has an answer in the form of our clean, pure, all-natural spike formula developed by experts like Dr. Peter McCullough. The Wellness Company's Spike Formula includes the incredible natto kinase, dandelion root, black sativa extract, green tea, and iris sea moss. Even better, the Spike Formula by The Wellness Company is vegan, gluten-free, and made right here in the USA, so you know that you can trust and rely on it if you're concerned about spike proteins. Buying American-made naturalistic ingredients of this quality separately costs over $100. Our Spike Formula is only $65.99. Get Spike Formula today by going to TWC.health. Outloud listeners use the code OUTLOUD at checkout for an additional discount. Go to TWC.health, promo code OUTLOUD, and get peace of mind if you're concerned about spike proteins. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free, love it, or your money back, guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code out loud. Welcome back to Viewpoint this Sunday. It is indeed Malcolm Out Loud here. And uh, while this next story is a doozy, you know, we, we've seen a we've seen a pattern here now where administrations do, and, and it's not terribly unusual when they blame a lot of things on, you know, other administrations, but there's been a pattern of this administration currently uh, doing that uh, with Trump. It's, you know, it's not just get Trump, but it's blame Trump. What's really eye-open about this 
Is the world seen what took place there in Afghanistan? Everybody's seen what, what happened. And surely our country, it was an incredibly embarrassing moment for everybody. I mean, I, I was, it was humiliation on a level we've, I, I've never seen in my lifetime, friends. And for, for whatever, but here's the thing. This happened in August. Uh, yeah, August 21. Now here, you know, he took possession of the office at uh, the beginning of that year. That's that's some pretty significant time to change the course of direction if one wishes. And, and that's kind of, let's start there, friends. And uh, let's bring on um, Lieutenant General Tom McInerney joins me Um uh, General McInerney is a retired United States Air Force Lieutenant General. Uh, he's been at the forefront of saving our nation in many ways. He actually is co-hosting a show here on the network as well, I have to tell you about here, uh, the National Security Hour. I hope you're listening to that, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday. And he's on with the others uh, like uh, General Paul um, Valale and Mary Fannin, Ed Hugland, some really amazing people on that platform. So check that out as well. General McInerney, welcome to Viewpoint this Sunday. Privileged to have you, sir. A great honor to be with you, Malcolm. Very important subject, what you're doing, and keep doing it. Yeah. You're yeah. a godsend. Amen. Thank you, brother. Thank you. All right, so let's uh, let's now talk about um, this, what's taking place. And I want to play an audio clip for you. In a, well, let's actually play that right now. Let me just have you listen to the words of uh, John Kirby now. And uh, this is uh, th this is uh, maybe remarkable or unremarkable for some, but uh, let's let's get a sense of what he was. He was at an interchange with Peter Ducey. There's a press conference here. Um, let's give this a listen, friends. Here we go. Here. This document and this effort isn't about accountability today. It's about understanding. And I would also add that the, as I said to Ed, the review process isn't over. This is this is the next muscle movement in what will be a long process to better understand and comprehend and adjust to what we learned and what we did in Afghanistan. But it doesn't seem like after the country has had a couple months to review this and as the government has, people don't have an issue with the decision to order troops out of Afghanistan. It is with the way that this president ordered it done. There were children being killed. There were people hanging off of Air Force jets that were leaving and you're saying that you guys are proud of the way that this mission was conducted? Does proud it mean of that? Proud of the fact that we got more than 124,000 people safely out of Afghanistan? You bet. Proud of the fact that American troops were able to seize control of a defunct airport and get it operational in 48 hours? You bet. Proud of the fact that we now have about 100,000 Afghans our former allies and partners living in this country and working towards citizenship? You bet. Now, does that mean that everything went perfect in that evacuation? Of course not. I've talked about it from a, di a different podium. The after action reviews are now being reviewed by members of Congress, which will lay out things that could have gone better. Nobody's saying that everything was perfect. He is saying here uh, that it's not about accountability today. It's about understanding. Understanding what exactly is what I'd like to know. What are the American people supposed to understand about this? I think Ducey handled that pretty well, actually. He said, people don't have an issue with the decision to order troops out. It's the way in which this president ordered it done. What do you say about these remarks? Well, uh, Malcolm, look, it is, first of all, the most important thing is we surrendered in Afghanistan. We did not have a withdrawal. We deliberately surrendered gave them $85 billion worth 
of the most modern equipment in the world. And after 20 years, the Taliban are now ruling the country fully armed with the very best equipment. That is what they did. And, and so they should have understood, and they're trying to blame it on President Trump and the Trump administration. But the fact was, the way they did it, they sent the signals to the Afghan people that the U.S. was going to bail from them and not support them. And how did they do that? None of this is, is disclosed, but that's why I'm, I'm saying it to everybody so they understand they withdrew our intelligence support. They withdrew our logistics support. So the Afghan government and the people out in the provinces, et cetera, saw that the U.S. was leaving and was not going to give them the critical support that they needed. It was a deliberate surrender when they did that. And they moved all those assets out when they say, well, we moved the military out before we moved the civilians. That's what they're talking about. All the infrastructure that the Afghan government, the friendly Afghan government that we had set up, they removed, plus the remaining military that we had, which was a rather small number. But that's what they sent the signal. And that's why the Afghan president bailed and the whole government just immediately failed and uh, like a cheap suit. And, and that's where the mistake was. This report is not issuing these things. John Kirby was talking about events, not about the way we turned it over. And it was not in accordance with uh, the way President Trump had wanted to. We would right. not have given up Bagram. Bagram is very important to our deterrent strategy with China because it is the back door looking right down their throats. Mm -hmm. And so uh, they are making, they're again lying to the American people. And Kirby is very good at that, as, as is uh, Biden, mm -hmm. or O'Biden, as I call him. Yeah, yeah. And so that is, that's the failure that the American people should know and understand. Number one, we surrendered. We did not withdraw. Yeah. When you see the visuals and the imagery that we've all seen now, it's 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 emblazoned in our brains here that we've seen the planes leaving and people hanging from them. And the chaos was, uh, I mean, completely something we never thought we'd see. It really did look like some sort of an odd surrender. And as we were down to the last uh, bit of land there at the airport and lost total control of the country, Kirby, to be clear with everybody, he's the National Security Council spokesman. Uh, he just goes along with whatever they're putting in front of him, I think. And he's kind of served in a couple of uh, both Republican and Democratic administrations. I find it a bit odd, frankly, in general, that he doesn't stand up. I don't imagine he can for what's right and wrong. I think he just is a spokesbox for whatever is being given to him. But here's the most offensive thing to me. When in that press conference, with all the imagery we've seen, he has the audacity to say this, for all this talk of chaos, I just didn't see it, he said. Now, you can describe chaos in a few different ways, General, but I'm not sure what you, what, how else you would describe, I mean, this Afghanistan surrender, as you suggest. But what isn't it he doesn't see? 
How can they go about blaming this on Trump with all the reports? I mean, they had from January to August to reconsider whatever they wanted to do. Yes, Trump had made decisions, uh, made comments that it was getting to be that time to pull out. But that didn't give these people the green light to do it in the way that they did it. Do Americans see through this? Absolutely, Malcolm. There's no question they do. It's not passing the smell test. (laughs) When you see a mother pass her baby, that baby was maybe two months old, up to a U.S. Marine who's standing on the uh, uh, parapet there at uh, at the airport. And when you see that, you know there's desperation. When you see people climbing on the uh, landing gear of a C-5 that's about to take off, and then you see pictures of them falling out of the sky, that is chaos. When you have a sniper, uh, uh, one of our snipers who saw the, uh, the bomber that was going to blow up, and he wanted the, the order to kill him, and he doesn't get that. And he testifies about three weeks ago to the American people. All the American people have seen it and exposed it. Look, Kirby is being set up to become the next White House uh, spokesman, spokesperson. Mm-hmm. You know, that doofus in there right now, yeah. it, it, it's so embarrassing. The only thing that is more embarrassing is the president at a press conference. Oh and so Kirby is, uh, it's unfortunate that he hasn't resigned from the post and the administration seeing what they're doing. But that's when a man starts betraying his company, country. That's what you get, the blatant lying. And he masterfully tries to divert it, Peter Ducey's questions. It's not passing what I call the sniff test. Well, and let me add now to this, uh, General. Um, So to add to your point here, the report in Reuters says decisions taken by Trump administration severely constrained uh, Biden's options for the withdrawal. This was in the summary now. It says Biden inherited a situation which the Taliban... Uh, were in the strongest military position that they had been in since 2001, controlling or contesting nearly half of the country. Uh, This was another report in there. What do you say to that? Well, I say that's because the Taliban looked at who they were dealing with, Biden versus Trump. Trump flat told them, the leader of the Taliban, if you, in fact, violate that or kill any Americans, I know exactly where you and your family live. Did Joe Biden say that? Did Joe Biden put the, the, the wrath of the American people in the military directly there? No. All the signals Joe Biden sent were signals of weakness. There was no defer- deterrent strategy there. Yeah. He's sending the same things to the Chinese like he sent to the Russians on the Ukraine. And so all this is related. Our foreign adversaries are looking at our leadership. Our commander-in-chief is not capable of it. And that, again, goes back to, I think, everybody now finally realizes that he did not win the election. The American people were not fooled by it. Mm -hmm. And until we, and I just did a a briefing uh, uh, on the National Security Hour we do, but the the chap who who wrote this book Mm -hmm. reminded me, of that Pennsylvania had 
200,000 more votes than voters, Malcolm, in the 2020 election. And yet, in the Electoral College, that was not contested. I repeat, Pennsylvania, the state of Pennsylvania, in the 2020 election, had 200,000 more votes than voters. Yeah. Two more years left of this situation, General. And before we get to the next presidential election, I want to ask you something, if if you would verify for me or not. Uh, As I recall, all of the generals and the military advisors in in top positions, national security, intelligence, and otherwise, I believe told uh, the Biden administration and Joe Biden not to do this. uh, Can you correct me on that if that is an accurate statement? Or did were there people telling him this was the right thing to do to pull out the way he did? I just remember everybody saying not to do it. Uh, clarify that point for me, please. You're spot on, Malcolm. That's exactly all his military advisors mm-hmm. advised him not to do it that way. Right. And he told them to do it anyway. So the, the blame goes directly, directly to the commander in chief and his role. And he did not take the advice of any of his military advisors. And they're now having to make up for it. Okay. All right. Now, let me now take this time now to ask you this here. I knew when we were leaving the the kinds of equipment we were leaving behind there. I had such a pit in in my stomach, I got to tell you, because I knew we, we were in a heap of trouble. It made no sense at all. And the fact, uh, under any circumstances, would a president or should a president have done that? And under any circumstances, I just don't even see what what circumstance would invite us to leave this sort of equipment behind for, number one, the enemy, number two, right in the back door of China, uh, three, and then pull out entirely with what you say is a surrender. How has this position us now? I mean, I think people get a sense with the uh, we've lost total respect uh, internationally and uh, in foreign policy and Russia and China now and the culmination of these two parties has created quite a dilemma for our uh, for our nation. Uh, can a lot of that be tied back to this Afghanistan and, and all of this equipment left and what how ridiculous we looked as a nation here, uh, General? Yeah, again, you're spot on, Malcolm. This is all linked. When we gave up energy independence on the first day in office of the uh, Biden administration, no nation in history, and you can go back and look, has given up their energy independence. Energy independence is a national security issue. And so once he did that, and then the deliberate surrender, because as far as they're concerned, that was just like a cheap suit fading, uh, the way the Afghan government did. And that was because the signals we sent to them. So again, that was a signal that resulted in, frankly, the Ukraine, the Russians making the move on the Ukraine. And it's something, all the things that have happened are based on the indications that the Biden administration has sent to the rest of the world. And now we have the potential with not only the Ukraine, in which he has made no initiatives to try to get a ceasefire over there. And uh, he's depleting all our war reserves so that our ability to defend in Taiwan 
is going to be extremely difficult. And so everything he's doing is an image of weakness, much like Jimmy Carter did back in the uh, 70s and early 80s. You know, uh, on another time, I, I'd like to talk to you more about Taiwan, but uh, but I'm not so convinced that, number one, we're in any position to defend or help the, the, the Taiwanese in a fight against China right on their doorstep there, number one. And number two, I'm not sure that uh, this won't catapult the world into a uh, a point that we may never return from, in which case we may not be able to fight anything. We may have to look the other way. The Chinese may understand that in advance and pull the lever being, you know, with the conclusive thought that they can absolutely 100% get away with it. I'm not sure we can do a damn thing about that. Correct me on that, please. Well, I think you're, in other words, we're at a tipping point, Malcolm. And I think your assessment is a very valid course of action that we may be faced with. And, And it's extremely important that once you lose your deterrent strategies, uh, you invite aggression. But your assessment, I believe, is spot on. Uh, Listen, uh, thank you for, um, first of all, for joining us here on Viewpoint this Sunday and uh, for your uh, depth and sense of uh, patriotism and and service to our nation. Uh, You are surely a patriot among patriots, uh, General Tom McInerney. Thank you, sir. Well, God bless you for what you're doing, Malcolm. You're playing a vital role that the mainstream media is not and educating the American people on the threats that we're facing today in America. God bless you, my friend. Have a happy Easter. God bless you, and happy Easter to you as well, sir. And uh, up next, a very important piece. I want you to hear this. And this is with Professor Pedro Blas Gonzalez joins us. But let's connect with him now and talk about big picture here and where our country is headed. Stay right there. More Viewpoint in just a moment. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. AmericaOutloud.com, seven amazing years. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. If you're like me, you'd like life to return to some kind of normal. You're burned out on all the fear-mongering, but deep down you try and minimize viral exposure and your risk of getting sick. You've heard it talked about time and again by respected medical professionals. Use a pulvinone iodine nasal solution. I don't need to tell you just how powerful a nasal cleansing formula with xylitol, pulvinone iodine, and vitamin D3 for immune support could be. In fact, my attorney told me not to tell you. Google it and find out for yourself. Now, get yourself a bottle of American-made Cofix RX nasal solution. Let's get out and live again. CofixRx.com. That's C-O-F-I-X-R-X.com. Use coupon code OUTLOUD and get 20% off. Welcome back to Viewpoint this Sunday. It is Malcolm Loud, uh, yours truly indeed, and I want to wish everybody a happy Easter. Let me bring on another incredible favorite to the broadcast here. And that is Professor Pedro Blas Gonzalez joins us. He's a professor of philosophy at Barry University, Miami Shores, Florida. 
uh, and uh, got a marvelous book. I was telling you about Elvita's book up there, King Rules. Don't forget that one. Also, you can also check out uh, a book, uh, a Philosophical Perspective on Cinema, from Dr. Um, Pedro Blas Gonzalez, uh, the professor there. And you can, that'll also be in our bookstore on the front page there. Professor, it's always good to have you here. Thank you for joining us on Viewpoint, sir. Yes, very good to be with you again, Malcolm, uh, and uh, discuss some hopefully timely ideas. There's a very interesting um, article and op-ed on America Out Loud this morning, as you hear this, that you can go read, and I encourage you to read it a couple of times. It's called The New American Bolshevik Elites. The New American Bolshevik Elites. And it, and it, it just explains so much. But I want to start here. We've just seen the in indictment of uh, an American president. Um, <laughs> hard to imagine that I'm even saying this. Number 45. But it kind of goes along with the track record of get Trump, uh, Professor. It's always something they've been wanting to do. There's never been a peaceful moment where they haven't been trying to get Trump from uh, his campaign, uh, his uh, time in office, and now in his uh, next life. And certainly his uh, idea of trying to get back to office again to finish the job he started. You say here in this piece, Bolshevism banishes political opposition, as we are witnessing today with grassroots Trumpisms, blue collar, working class populism, creates show trials for people that Bolshevism considers obstacles to their plan for world domination. Now, Looking at current day, how surprised or not were you with that indictment with the DA Alvin Bragg in Manhattan? What had taken and their aggressiveness to go after Trump in this way? And this is the one of several possible cases as they're trying to really handcuff him so that he doesn't get anywhere near the Oval Office again. I, I, I get, I'm guessing that's the motive here. You tell me what your thoughts are. How do you, how do you size that up in this brand of populism we're talking about and, and this moment of history, uh, Professor? Yes, uh, there, there is no doubt that uh, it doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise a lot of people. Uh, the idea is that you got to remember Trump was uh, kind of Mr. New York, Mr. America, Mr. Builder. He was hated because he, remember back then, he was a billionaire and he was the money class, right? He was the 1%. Now, of course, there's a lot of people like Trump there that are billionaires, etc., but Trump obviously decides that he is going to become a man who is going to be for the blue-collar uh, uh, American. Mm -hmm. And this cannot be allowed. So if you're going to go after Trump because he's had, you know, affairs, et cetera, uh, listen, the left created the moral destruction of America. So now we're all we're all living this. So the hypocrisy <laughs> here is, 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 is flying. So why are we getting him? Well, because he's running. But why? In, in, in normal times, an individual runs and you argue back and forth and whoever wins is the better man. What is the threat that he presents to these people? And the threat is, in fact, that he is a man who understands the new bureaucracy, the new the new Bolshevik uh, elite new man or in this in this case, the new class. Uh, you know, when you say the 1% and the billionaire class and the money, and then the blue collar workers, the rest of us, the, the rest of us, you know, you know what I mean by the rest of us. And that would be you and I fit into that, Pedro, right? Right. The rest of us. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, when you see that in such a way, and then you say that cannot be allowed 
think about that a minute, friends out there. Just just stop a minute and think about what 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 the professor is saying here. That cannot be allowed. And then to use these things, whatever they may be, like you say, professor, like um, oh, uh, you know. Um, uh, he had an affair, he did this, or he put money over here, he did a bookkeeping or he whatever. I mean, oh, oh, so he's he's a human being, you mean? Yeah, oh, he did some shit that you don't, oh, okay, I get that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And of course, he would be different because, why? Because the rest of you clowns have a superiority of some sort? I mean, what does that really mean? I love the way you reference that, and that, uh, that uh, you know, they, they've created the, the the morality, the moral decay of our nation, and now they want to sit and throw stones at the house. I mean, hypocrisy doesn't even fit this, Professor. I mean, hypocrisy doesn't even fit this. Come on. Where are yeah, we at? Yeah. Absolutely. 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 And and listen, to, to understand this, uh, we, we have to know what the new America is, which is a very different place than we were uh, before the, you know, before Obama, uh, quite frankly. So so you have the, the Soviet Union in the past, and the new class is the rulers, the nomenclatura of the of the of the of the Soviet Union. So what happens on this side of things? We all know that they are the hypocrites. They're all rich, and they have their their dashas and their homes in the country and in the beaches and so on. And over here we have the the rich, and of course the rich class here has always tended to be producers of things and conservatives. This changes with the with the Chinese model. So the Chinese model then. It becomes the stat that the, the state controlling the capital, but promising the new class that they will run the economy, that they will run the industry, the indoctrination of children, that they will have a press that will be a national press, and they will enjoy the power. Now they sell that to the new human beings here that we have in America here in the last thirty something years, the dot com kids, all of these people. These people are in one way totalitarian in a pathological way, because if you give them power, they're going to use it and abuse it. So they're going after this. The new class is the 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 class with, you know, with the Soros of the world, the party of Davos, the American leftists and so on. And Trump says, we don't want a new class. We want the blue collar person to have a right to express themselves. What is the threat in that? And you see that it clearly they have to put him away. What is on trial here is not so much Trump. It's Trumpism in the idea that there is a class of people that cannot and will not be forged with the hammer to follow these people. And they mm. resent that. They yeah. absolutely resent that. that mm. And this is the violence that you get from these people. Yeah. I mean, think about uh, now you you put a real emphasis on the MAGA movement there, uh, Professor, right? Make America great again, right? I mean, that's populism right there, 101, right? Right. Sure, sure. And sure. Re reinventing ourselves as a nation, as a people, and so you think about right now, I've noticed, and I think everybody's probably noticed in recent times here, the, the attacks have been against the MAGA movement, the people, like you say, even more so than just Trump the man, but the whole movement of people, which brings it back to January 6th and that whole uh, visual there of what had taken place uh, and where we sit today, which explains what you're saying in a very interesting way. You know, I got thinking and reading your piece, you talked about the Soviet Union, and you referenced uh, 1989 and the Iron Curtain. And this is a time that many of us that were alive then remember. It was a sense of pride in the West. Uh, Ronald Reagan, Mikhail Gorbachev, uh, Margaret Thatcher, even Pope John Paul, you know, tear down this wall. I mean, it's just emblazoned in my brain. I mean, I just 
remember such a sense of pride as a young, really young, young, young guy. And, um, yeah, you know, it's a remarkable time to be living at that time. But you reference that in here as a real interesting moment, which re-energized the Bolsheviks in such a way. And you took this to another level of thinking that got me really thinking. So was this fall of the Iron Curtain a good thing or a bad thing? I just want to ask you that straight out. <laughs> well, the, the fall of the, the Iron Curtain is a very good thing for people living under communism throughout the Eastern Bloc. And, and we know that with the exception of, of Cuba and the exception of North Korea and China. It's an excellent thing, obviously, that the, the wall fell. But the problem is that the wall fell and the old communists, the KGB guys, the really roughens, they became the rich ones. They became the new class, which they were already. They were already rich in the Soviet Union and all Yugoslavia and Czechoslovakia, etc. But now the model is sent to the West over here to our rich, which are, you know, new boy rich, all these people with no morality whatsoever. That's what's going down here. And so these people figured that if you could be rich and be controlling the state, the nation, the press, the in, the universities, oh my God, this is the best thing in the world. Not only am I a rich class, a moneyed class, but I'm now a powerful class. And this is the model of that new bureaucracy that is in control and, and, and it basically smells blood and doesn't want to let go. And this is where we are. This is where we are. And this is the new America. Basically, if you find yourself an honest leftist, the leftist would have to be with the blue collar people here. So it's not about Trump. I, I mean, I could care less who, who Trump is and so on. I mean, that, that's right. it. Let's keep it honest. Right. But to, if you're an honest leftist, you are for the people in the working class. But that's not what you're getting. What you're getting is that the left has decided that they're going to take the cue from the, the party heads. And that's the new bureaucracy. And this is the danger in this business. You're saying in the piece here, the article, the reorganization of communism today focuses on the indoctrination in schools universities, Catholic and Protestant churches, cultural institutions, sure, creates long-lasting disinformation, which is a staple of communism's uh, perennial warfare to destabilize the democracies. Yet this is the one aspect of the cultural war, what a recent former American president describes as the dismantling of America. Choosing your words carefully there, Professor, I think you nailed that out pretty well. How do, how do we change this trajectory? Well, one one thing one thing we have to remember that after all the the cultural war with the the, the cultural societal and moral decay, yeah. the the last straw is the fact that they have to destroy the economy. So what happens with the new? <laughs> the, the new and what are they doing right now, brother? What are they doing? <laughs> the the new the new class has to in 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 the Soviet Union, for example, in here they have to destroy destroy the old class, which is the class of the buy and the sell, uh, the market. And now this is what the reason that the 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 desire that these people have either to go all uh, um, destroy the American dollar, which you've seen with China getting all of these countries, uh, or, uh, Honduras and Brazil to declare that they're yeah. going to go with the yuan yeah. and that that's the last draw and another one would to be to control the money by making it electronic so the people need to get get awakened or re-educated at some level there, there there could be some hope that there's a corrective and in the final analysis because this is bolshevism and bolshevism is not just your basic uh, mm. a leftism you can you can have a non-marxist left uh, no, no, these, these are be people that will do whatever they have to do to get in control. And they found out that voting will not get them in power. 
it will voting voting by the people will not get them in power now one last perhaps solution and i'll leave it at that for mm. you know good good listeners few words there will have to be some people within the structure of the new class that will turn on this from the inside and i think that could be uh the 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 one hope that we might have it, but you think there's no doubt that we are headed toward some sort of a revolution. The, the we're main, in a revolutionary moment, are we not? And we're headed towards a moment in time. Well, it, it's it's moving very fast to the point that not only do you have some sort of revolution inside that the, 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 the Marxists have created, they have told that they were going to dismantle this country bit by bit. And if that's not violence in your face, I don't know what is. But you also have a problem that you might have just the beginning of a, a third world war already with China, because China from working with the people inside here, which is the new class, they understand that this animal, this nation is very wounded and it it, it has to be hit it, 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 possibly with, with, you know, with, 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 with the hot war, kinetic war and anytime soon, because this is the only way you're going to destroy this, uh, this evil imperialist uh, country. And finally, this might be, they think the moment in history that, that these sort of things happen and two, three years, I don't know, maybe less. But but definitely you're in the you're on the road to that that perdition. When you say two or three years, uh, what I get from that, I want people to understand your reference in the gravity of the moment. The gravity of this moment is pretty serious. And when you talk about the decimation of our economy and the dollar, and talking about what's going on with BRICS right now, uh, BRICS, and what's taking place with that movement of the dollar. And that's been laid out from China and Russia and this fight with Ukraine and Russia and the we're funding it with the people's money. It now all comes into, it comes into clarity, doesn't it, uh, Professor? Huh? Well, it comes into clarity. And in the, in the, in the, the situation is that you, you may not even have the, I conceivably, the 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 hot war the kinetic war you may not get to that they may have basically devalued the dollar so much that that's it the 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 united states falls on its knees and here comes china and and all of the fifth column from the inside saying well we got what we wanted so nobody shot you know uh shot made a shot here and, yeah, and right, this right. is venezuela this is argentina in the 80s where you had to go around with a you yeah. know, a, a bucket just to buy of dollars, just to buy a candy. Yeah. And and this is what they're doing and doing it on purpose. A reference of interest in four key components. You First, you ask the question. Now, l listen to this, friends. This is this is good. Why has it taken so long for American Bolsheviks? And again, this, this is that elite class he's referencing professors are talking about here. So why has it taken so long to incorporate this form of uh, social uh, political violence in America? You know, bring it back to Ferguson and BLM and Antifa and all of that. See, this has been building. You see, this is the frog in the pot thing. You see what I mean? The frog in the pot, the, the frog in the pot. And it's slow, it's slow, it's slow. Like somebody just turned the lights on. If you had said like back to Obama back in 2007, before he got into office, that's why a lot of people have asked me on air over the years, is he the Antichrist? And I'd say, no, no, he's not the Antichrist, but he's related in the family. He's certainly related. Now, that was certainly a setup for what we're transpiring right now. And I, I think the Antichrist has potentially arisen here already. Could be an assortment of things that are happening. I'm sort of all over the place right now, a little bit here, Professor. But I want to come back to this um, when you talk about this question you put out about the American Bolsheviks. And uh, you say the four key components that make up this answer. Why did it take us so long? The frog in the pot thing I'm speaking about here. It just makes so much sense, people. Listen, listen, open your ears up and listen to me here. 
infiltration, weaponization of all government institutions. Think about that, please. Will you please? Including the education system. Forget the education system. Just go to the FBI, the CIA, the DHS, the FDA, the CDC, the any of them. Doesn't matter. The infiltration, weaponization of all government institutions. Do you get it? Corruption of the judicial process. I mean, do you get that? Conversion of the financial intellectual class elites into the new class that has promised a central role in the totalitarian use of power. And the fourth one, the takeover of the free press. Turning these people into elites who are promised a substantial share of absolute state power. Of course, they never get it because they're stepped on immediately and squashed with their blood and guts all over the sidewalk. What do you say to that, Professor? Yeah, that, that last part is absolutely right. This is this is that that the elephant in the room, and and this is what they deserve. And eventually, what they deserve, we've seen it everywhere. We've seen useful it. Useful right idiots, useful absolutely idiots. useful idiots. They think that they're going to get a piece of the pie, and when the real control comes in, they say you are not going to be the pravda that you did that you thought you were going to be. You are going to be the pravda that we decide that you are. So all the CNN people and the MSNBC, these these are some vile people. I watch these people and you study them and they're pathological. They're really sick human beings. And when you watch these people, they think that they're going to get a piece of the pie. Uh, and and precisely, but they're enjoying the ride right now because they promised that, and they're you know they're living out their lives in the in in the pursuit of uh, the pursuit of of money and wealth and power. Uh, but but you're right; they will be squashed completely, and then they it's a little bit too late for them. But that is the the reason that the press has gone because it's it's a confluence of press that you wonder what is it that these people cannot yeah. see? How come they can't be honest? sincere writers and thinkers they're all they're all they're all towing the the the, the state you know the the state uh, uh, idea here and clearly but but you're absolutely right they will be the first one to be squashed and then that's too too late for them i'll give you the last word how do we leave people with that jump in the step what is it please well, well the, the, the final word for me here is not to give people the impression that this is an American problem, that we're dealing with American corruption. The people listening to us in South America and, and in, in Asia and in Africa, I say you have your own specific totalitarian mentality, the people that will squash your individuality. These people have to be driven out. Around the world, you're saying? Yes, around the world, you have that totalitarian pathology is the kid that wants to control the baseball game in the, in the park. And that kid must be told, you cannot be the only boy that plays here, my friend. You better you better take a, you know, a ticket in the line. Yeah, which explains why we're seeing what's happening in Brazil right now. It's what's happening in all these mecca areas of the world, what's transpiring right now. They're all falling in line, are they not, Professor? Yes, absolutely. And it's the same thing. It is the same thing. You basically have given away on reason, on science, on God, on goodwill. What's left? It's raw power. And these people are using it. Well, that is uh, that is a wrap, my fellow Americans. And uh, that is a rallying call is what that is. Uh, it is the fight here. And, and when you hear the terms that uh, Professor uses there, uh, totalitarian around the world. It, it's absolutely the fight of good and evil everywhere. I've known that from the moment uh, before I even started here. That's the fight we're in. It's a hell of a fight. Thank you for joining us here on the mission. We gave you plenty to think about. It's time to get involved and get loud, America. America.